Blog Talk Radio. And welcome to Trundle Bed Tales Radio. Now, give me just a minute here. I want to make sure you can actually hear me now before I start again. And let's. Mom? Welcome to Blog Talk Radio. Please hold and you will be able to listen to the show. See if you can hear me when I talk. All right. Can you hear me now, Mom? Okay, on the phone. So you you can yes. hear me on the phone. I can. Okay. Thank you. Hang up. Yes. Yes, thanks. Okay, everybody. Um <laughs> Well, I think that you couldn't hear me for the last uh, half hour. So we are going to try this again and hopefully you can hear me now and things will work. One hopes. Uh, the uh, if you want to call in and talk, the number is seven one four two four two five two five three. That's seven one two four two five two five three. And I changed the link. So if you had seen the link before, this is different now. And let me just send that out. And hopefully, let's see. Let's see. I am just sending it out. Different link. And I know I'm taking a long time, but having spent a half hour talking to nobody, I just hope that somebody's listening now. Okay. So with that, uh, welcome to the annual Trundlebed Tales birthday party. Now, I hope somebody can hear me now because apparently nobody could before. Uh, which is not a great thing for a birthday party for people to not know that you are are uh, on air. So hopefully there are some people now or at least some people uh, find it because we don't want to just um, have it be me all hour, which has happened before. But at least I hopefully it will be an hour where people can hear me. Now, uh, the This is my annual Laura Ingalls Wilder birthday party. I'm Sarah Utah, the creative force behind Trundle Bed Tales. And if this works out, the idea behind this online birthday party is for people to tell how we discovered Laura and her books, what your favorite story is from the books, what's the best thing in your Laura collection, what's your favorite edition of the books, 
what's the craziest thing you did because it was a little house thing and I hope to hear from you and I'm going to give you the call the number to call in with which is always the same and it is 714-242-5253 that's 714-242-5253 and if there is anybody there listening I hope that you will call in sooner rather than later because when we do have people call in it tends to be at the end of the hour not at the beginning and uh, with that, we are just going to jump in to uh, the what's been going on in Laura fandom this month. And since this is February, we actually have quite a few things going on with the um, with all the birthdays and anniversaries. And we started out the month on February first. Uh, in, in February 1st, 1860, was when Charles and Caroline Quinner Ingalls were married. Next up was February 7th, 1867, where Laura Elizabeth Ingalls was born in Pepin, Wisconsin. Uh, in February 10th, 1957, Laura Elizabeth Ingalls Wilder dies in Mansell, Missouri. On February 13, 1857, Almanzo James Wilder was born in New York. Now, this is a um, bit of an uh, unclear issue. Almanzo's uh, birth date was put at different ages at different times that should agree if it was a state census or a federal census or this or that or the other. These are all legal documents and it should have Almanzo's birthday on it. And it isn't because of what Laura said in her her uh, book about him lying to um, qualify for the homestead, which I really don't think he did, but or if he did, it was you know, not by much at all. Uh, but it, 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 we don't really know what year he was born. But the generally people kind of say it's probably 1857. I think that's as solid as number as we are likely to get. That is 10 years older than Laura. Uh, it might be off a year or two either way. It's just at this point, I, I don't think that we would be able to tell unless we found something that had it turn up that would be like um, his name in a Bible or somebody found some kind of baptismal record or a handwritten letter from the relatives saying, oh, uh, they just got a new arrival at uh, the over at James's house or something like that that would be written at the time there is nothing like that so probably February 13th 1857 and then Royal was also born in February February 20th 1847 and that's a new feature that I am including on my um, blog posts for the month because I want people to know that, um, know sort of the anniversary days that are coming. And I mostly did it in January and I did it in February because there were just so many of them. I 
really hadn't collected them all together. And there are a ton of Ingalls and Wilder family dates in February and in January. I haven't looked ahead to March yet, but we'll have to look and see if uh, there's enough to make it worth summing up. Uh, now, the next thing on there is the Pomona Public Library. Now, uh, they did not have a Laura's Birthday Gingerbread Sociable this year, and they didn't have one uh, in 20 or 21. I had a listing that they had it in 22, but I think maybe that in one time or the other talking to them, either last year or this year, one of them was wrong because um, they said this year they hadn't had one last year either, so I'm not sure. But it would be a shame if it's gone for good. It's an annual fundraiser for the Pomona Public Library, and it is uh, Laura's Gingerbread Sociable, which has been going on since 1867. I'm sorry, since 1967. And the person behind it is a librarian named Clara Weber. And she had been a librarian in Ohio and then got hired to uh, become the children's librarian at the Pomona Public Library. And she'd written Laura a couple letters and gotten responses when she still lived in Ohio. So with her new uh, children's room at the Pomona Public Library, she wrote in an article that she thought it was a very, uh, this is paraphrasing, but kind of a sterile environment, and she wanted to make it a lot more work, more welcoming. So she uh, redecorated it to uh, follow a Laura Ingalls Wilder theme. And she wrote to Laura and uh, Clara Weber had a very uh, impressive collection of Wilder Anna, as she called it. Uh, pretty much everything that was available in the early years of Laura fandom, she had one of. And in fact, she'd written to Laura and she had some things really from Laura. Uh, and that's about as impressive as you can get. It is still on my life goals list to get out to uh, the, to California, to the city of Pomona, to go and see this collection. I really think it's just a very impressive thing from the pictures, and I would really like to get there. That is on my lifelong Laura goals list. I don't know that I'll ever make it to the gingerbread sociable, but I really hope that I can make it to the library anyway. Another thing uh, Clara Weber did was she published a collection of articles about Laura Ingalls Wilder that she'd collected from various places, and she reprinted it uh, in a little booklet with the Pomona Public Library as publisher. And that is on my to-get list also, that's one thing I don't have for my collection that I really wish I did was one of those. I have a photocopy, and maybe eventually I'll find one because that was a really widespread in the early days there in the late 60s. 
early 70s. Now, uh, with that, the Pomona Public Library did not have one this year. And I, like I said, I hope it returns. Pepin, in honor of Lord's birthday on uh, February 5th, that was the Sunday, they had Laura Ingalls Wilder, The Real Story, with interpreter Laura Keyes. Uh, and it was a live program there in the town of Pepin. They also, uh, usually, I'm not seeing it here, they usually have an event out at the cabin the day of, or at least the closest weekend day. I didn't see any notice of that this year. I don't think that one actually did happen. There were a couple of the annual meetings for the organization. The Baroque one was on January 19th, 2023, and it was available via Zoom this year. And I wish I would have seen any, something about that before the meeting. I didn't get notification from Facebook until after, even though I followed their page and they had published it several days ahead. Uh, and I hope they keep on doing that and that I can zoom in next year and that you can too if you are a member of the Loring Wilder Park and Museum in Baroque, Iowa. Malone also had a board meeting on February 20, or, I'm sorry, on January 27th, and that was an in-person only meeting and it was in Malone. Walnut Grove did a couple of things for Laura's birthday, one of which they've already had, one of which is coming up next weekend. Uh, on February 5th, there were two events online, which is why I moved this to today. The February, um, on the February 5th, the Laura Ingalls Wilder Legacy and Research Association had an online members only question and answer with Bill Anderson, which was just great. I'm glad they got to do that. And um, then later in the afternoon, the Laura Ingalls Wilder pageant in Walnut Grove put together a birthday program in which they also had technical issues but they were able to bring in a lot of the women who had played Caroline in the pageant through the years and talked about um, what it was like to be in the pageant and how they developed the character and how the role had changed over time. Now, on next Saturday, February 18th, at 1 p.m. Central Time, they're going to be having an On the Banks of Plum Creek discussion program. Uh, it's going to be Annette Whipple and Cindy Williams. Cindy Williams wrote The Beautiful Snow uh, about the long winter, and uh, Annette Whipple wrote The Laura Ingalls Wilder Companion, I think is the name of it. But anyway, they're going to be doing a discussion of the book On the Banks of Plum Creek. And you have to register for that before at uh, Whipple's Wilder Companion uh, website. So it's uh, www.wildercompanion.com. And there is a direct link to it on my blog post about what's going on 
this month in Laura fandom. Now, another thing that I am working on is uh, or that I've been adding to my monthly updates is a thing for Little House on the Prairie, the musical. And it is uh, a... A play that was put together by the Guthrie Theater in the Twin Cities, and they um, were wanting, to, they were aiming at getting a Broadway musical. It didn't get that far. It did get a much extended play at the Guthrie from when it was originally intended, and then did a national tour and technically an international tour because they had one date in Canada. And then it just sort of disappeared for a while. And normally at that stage, you either have them open on Broadway or at least off Broadway, or you have them do some retooling and then the, goes on another tour. Neither of those happened. It just sort of sat dormant for a really long time. And then in 2019, they started selling the rights for local um, production. So if you have a community theater and you want to do the Little House in the Prairie, the musical, you write to them, you um, buy copies of the script and rights to do the performance, and you can put it on. And that isn't something that I had watched with too close a focus. Uh, 2019 because honestly uh, 2020 happened and I didn't really think too much was being done in towards performing the musical and it actually is uh, being produced it had a a run in Eau Claire Wisconsin from February 3rd to February 5th now, there are going to be a, um, hopefully more productions of this. There were at least two last year. I think maybe there were three. Uh, and I'm going to be trying to keep an eye on that and keep that updated as one of the things that are on my monthly reports. It was really kind of an interesting musical. If you hadn't seen it, I hadn't... Um, I went to see it at the Guthrie and then also on its national tour when it came to Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And it was an interesting thing. And I'd really like to see how a local show would stage it because I really think the staging was actually one of the better things that they did in that production. Uh, I didn't really understand what they were trying to do until I bought a book on it at the gift shop and then read it. But they took the four walls that was the uh, little house and then rearranged them different ways to kind of open up um, the little house to show the characters embracing the wilder, wider world and for us to in the wider world to uh, interact with the characters. It, it was very well done. And my favorite part of the staging was the sleigh ride they showed between Laura and Almanzo because 
they had a fairly wide stage. And for this thing, they had little carts that Laura and Manley were on. And then they had ropes around the stage light area. And so they were pulling each other back and forth as they were riding along on this little uh, cart thing. And it really did give the impression that they were sledding over the ground. I really liked that, but I do not see how any local production would be able to do that. So I'm just, I would like to see a local production because of that. And that's something to keep an eye out for this. And if you do hear that your local community is going to be putting on a production, let me know. And if they haven't, or if they haven't announced one, talk to your local theater. Uh, there are a lot of times uh, looking for new material to produce and someone who's actually interested in it. Uh, they prefer if you're willing to be part of the crew if you're going to make the suggestion. But they really, I think, would be pleased to know that this was a production that people, local people were interested in going to see. It was actually uh, kind of a famous thing when it was coming out because um, because Melissa Gilbert, who played the little or Laura Ingalls in the Little House in the Prairies NBC television show, also uh, played Ma in this original production, both the Guthrie production and the national tour, and uh, it was really very interesting to see her take on the uh, this new. Con but connected role and I hope you'll get a chance to see it in a theater near you and if anyone is listening you can give a call in at 714-242-5253 that's 714-242-5253 uh, and toll free one eight seven seven six three three nine three eight nine. That's toll free one eight seven seven six three three nine three eight nine to call into the show and tell us your favorite Laura story. Now, I did have a Laura story to tell you that uh, I hadn't yet. And I hope uh, that uh, it'll maybe jog somebody else's story. I actually had a couple of Laura Ingalls Wilder dreams this year, which was really weird. And when I say this year, I mean 2023, because normally I don't have um, dreams I remember, but both of these stuck out and they are much more interesting to have than to hear about but I will tell you that in January I had a Laura themed dream where I was in the third street house in DeSmet but it didn't really look like the third street house because it was one of those dreams where um, you know 
you know this is such and such a place, but it doesn't really look like that such and such a place in real life. And they now, in real life, let you take pictures inside. And so I was setting up all these pictures and taking them with, you know, big studio lights and reflectors and all that. And we were taking pictures of the various rooms. And then at the end of the dream, the 10th doctor from Doctor Who showed up and everything changed at that point. But I did, at least in my dream, dream that I got to go take pictures in the upstairs of the Third Street house. And then this month, I had a dream that I was with William Anderson and we were going to go see the place Laura really was born, which in real life is where the birthplace replica cabin is, basically. But I, in my dream, it was still, there was just woods everywhere, really thick woods of tall trees. And as I was driving along, I was like, this feels really familiar. And we got to where the birthplace was supposed to be. And the um, and the trees had all been cut down, and it was I mention it this because it's Laura and we're telling Laura stories and this is my newest Laura story, but it was one of those as I mentioned dreams where things do not seem like they are in real life; they are just your something in your brain says this is what this is. So I was imagining. Uh, or dreaming that we'd been in Pepin and then we were going over to Walnut Grove. And then I said, oh, you know, this isn't what Walnut Grove's like, but this is so familiar. I should know where this was. And then we decided that we were going to drive south a little ways and we were going around a lake and at the far side was Mansfield, Missouri, And it was really odd, and the reason it stood out for me is because I remembered I dreamed that place before. And when I make up a place that I dream about, I never dream about it again. So that is my Laura Ingalls Wilder dream that I was mysteriously driving around to different Laura sites. And I think it was probably because I had this event coming up. But I really hope it means that we're going to get some Laura trips in this year. And I am especially hoping to get down to Mansfield, the real Mansfield, to attend their wilder days this year. I have, uh, oh, I want to give people the phone number again. It's 714-242-5253. That's 714-242-5253. And you can also call in toll-free, 1-877-633-9389. That's toll-free, 1-877-633-9389. And let's see, did I want to share about today? Oh, 
we were we talked about Pepin, we talked about Wanna Grove, we talked about the musical. And hmm. well, uh my other big project that I have been working on lately is getting my uh roundup of twenty twenty two and my Looking Ahead to 2023 episodes done. Uh, the 2022 is actually pretty much ready to go. I'm going to be uh, doing another episode of the show, uh, hopefully sometimes this week, that will be looking back on 2022 and, and rounding up everything that went on during the year for Laura Ingalls Wilder fandom. And I have been working on my looking ahead to 2023. And I will have to tell you, there was one golden year, one absolutely perfect year where everybody had all their Laura events listed and posted on their websites in January. That does not happen most years. Uh, It takes a lot of digging and asking people to find out when the uh, dates people are doing events are and if they are going to be having those events that year. And that's pretty much what I am down to. I've got to reach out to a couple more people to look to get dates for the 2023 events. And happily, uh, it looks like one event that is coming back is they are going to have a Laura Ingalls Wilder event at Old World Wisconsin again. Now, the Old World Wisconsin uh, Laura event, it's Old World Wisconsin is a living history site. And it's actually a very interestingly designed site because it was set up by a historian who was trying to give visitors as much as possible of the real experience. So like the where Living History Farms often are, they have them close together so that... Um, it's easy to get visitors from place to place. At Old World Wisconsin, they're really spread out because back in time, if you you weren't time traveling, you would have this experience of walking from place to place, and they wanted to include that as part of the design. So it's, it's an interesting site considering what is involved and what they do. And they have a long tradition uh, with Laura events. For a long time, they had a, a yearly Laura event, and I it was on a Thursday, which made it really hard for me to go. And I finally got there one year, and I just hadn't understood why they had it on a Thursday. Well, they were having it on the Thursday because on a Thursday, they were getting, like, I would have to look up the number. I I want to say 
I want to say 2000, but I can't say that's right, that that was what the attendance was the year I went. But it was something, it was a very big number, and they were, and that was on a Thursday. So that's why they didn't want to take it to a weekend. Uh, since then, it has gotten bigger and smaller. They did a whole, well, basically two months of Laura-themed events one year. They had it be... Uh, sharing a theme with something else for one weekend, one year, and it just has spread out and gotten um, smaller again as the years have gone on. It's just been really hard to nail down what they were doing. And the year they were uh, doing the full two months, I actually – interviewed the person who was in charge of it at Old World Wisconsin. And they hadn't done one the last few years, uh, back to, I think, even 2018. So it wasn't a COVID shutdown. They had just quit doing it. Well, this year they are going to be doing two camps. One is a a week-long camp for kids. And the other is a one-day camp that's for the family. So the idea is if you were, I think it was 8 to 10, you could do the week-long living history class. And if you were uh, had younger kids or there was a group of you at once that wanted to do uh, uh, activities together as a family, you could do the one day. So I'm very glad to see that they are bringing Laura back and um, hopefully some of the other places that had big Laura events who uh, have dropped them, we'll see some people picking that up too. I really would have been surprised if Old World Wisconsin uh, gave up Laura permanently just because there has been such a long give and take with with the event there. And let me tell you again, the number to call in is 714-242-5253. That's 714-242-5253. And let's see, what is our next next Laura story to tell? Now, let's see. Oh, well, one thing is that I have... Uh, started again posting Laura videos and this month in February since it is Laura's birthday month I have one scheduled to go out every Friday the one that I did first Friday was uh, looking at the Walnut Grove Museum from across the street at the uh, master's store the building that they are working on restoring and we are, uh, and it's just a video slowly panning the museum so you can sort of feel what it's like to be there. The second one, I brought back my Laura in a Minute series. And traditionally, I had published those first on uh, Wednesdays. And I just, I decided to put them just on YouTube 
and share the link on Facebook because I just, um, in a minute, normally take longer than a minute. And just with all my other editing, I just decided to roll them in with the other episodes. So this last one was a Laura in the Minute episode, and it was about the piano stool that they talk about Grace spinning on. And I had one of those in my family growing up too, and I had it restored, and you can see all about how that kind of piano stool works, which is kind of nice because when I do a video episode where I am sitting behind the table, that's what I'm sitting on. So I hope that you will check out those videos. And see what other things are going on this month. Well, ah. I guess I don't want to steal anything from my shows about um, looking ahead or looking behind. So I'm trying to think of things that are going on right now. And... not being struck with a whole bunch of ideas. Let me give out the number again. It is area code 714-242-5253. That's 714-242-5253. And with that, uh, let's move on to talk about about things coming up in the more distant future. Uh, and we are coming up on 2024. Now that's going to be the 50th anniversary of the Little House on the Prairie TV show on NBC. Now, when I was growing up, I loved that show. Uh, when we came back from Sunday school, there would be Little House in the Prairie and there would be Grizzly Adams on Channel 6. Back in the days when you had antennas and you could get multiple multiple versions of affiliates. I still miss that. Channel 4 used to be a day behind on the soap operas, so if you missed something on the on channel two, you could always turn to channel four and tape it the next day. That was great. But anyway, uh, I always watched it on Saturday mornings in or Sunday mornings in repeats. And um, then, so I came, I had already known Laura, but by the time I was watching television, it was already showing in repeats on uh, different channels. And we are coming up on the 50th anniversary for that, and there's going to be at least two events. Now, there were quite a few 
for the 40th, and there were quite, and, and there was at least one for the 45th, but that was in Walnut Grove. But I don't know how many events there's going to be for the 50th, but it seems like it's already getting a lot of attention. Walnut Grove is going to be having a reunion event. It's going to be in July, and that's all the information they have on it. I am not entirely sure uh, what that's going to mean, if it's going to be uh, similar to what they've had other past years. I think it probably will be, but there hasn't been any official announcements. If you want to know what it was like to go to one of the those type of events, it is also on my Trendlebed Tales YouTube channel. is a video diary of my trip back in 2014 to visit Walnut Grove at the TV show event. Uh, and they're also going to be having an event in Simi Valley, California. Now, Simi Valley was one of the movie ranches. When movies went out west, one of the reasons why they did it was uh, they wanted to have open spaces that they could build sets on. And uh, the Simi Valley Ranch has, it's just basically bare land. And you can rent the land to build anything you want on it. You can build the town of Walnut Grove. You could build uh, some kind of sci-fi or uh, post-apocalypse, you know, future building. Or you can build a rocket ship crash. Or you can build mash and with the tents or whatever you want. You can take the land that's there and build on it, your sets and then you would have that for the length of the lease. And then as soon as the show's over, they clear it all off. And you return the land and the people who own it rent it to some other production. And that is the mainly as one of the reasons that um that Michael Landon wrote blowing up the town into the movie because, or into the television show, to the end of the television show, because they were uh, having to blow it up to clear off the property anyway to return it as it was to the owners at the end of their lease. And uh, so it isn't like you can find those, but it isn't like you'll find the buildings there. And they aren't a tourist site. They aren't uh, that, you know, you can go there and have regularly scheduled hours and they'd have things like, you know, bathrooms available or medical help because apparently there are a bunch of snakes there or anything like that. It isn't set up for the public. It is set up for film production companies to rent. Now, if there is not somebody using the land that the Little House area stood on, 
on a particular day, you can sometimes make arrangements to get on the property and look. It is not anything that you can be guaranteed at all. Uh, if they if you call them and they agree and you set it up, that's great. But there's no there's no uh, promise that you would get to go on. Uh, if you just showed up, you probably would just be turned away like anybody else, because it really is set up for movie and television productions, not for tourists to visit. But they are going to be doing an event in 2024 for the anniversary of the show. And uh, they're going to have different cast members there. I'm sure they will have the areas where the um, houses were marked somehow or else at least do guided tours so they can walk you around and point out where the different things are or maybe they'll even put you on a bus or a people mover of some kind. Um, So they don't have a lot of details yet, but they wanted to go ahead and get that shout out um, made so that people knew to save the date. And it is, let me just pull it up here quick. Let me just pull it up and we can see, we can see that that's interesting. I thought I had, oh, there it is. Okay. It's going to be March 22nd to the 24th. uh, And they already have a sign up to uh, get on their mailing list to get told um, about where they are told about uh, where you're, you're supposed to tell them where you're coming from uh, if you'd like to come, what episode is your favorite, you know, just the kind of normal things. And I have a link to the sign-up on my blog under Laura Ingalls Wilder events around the country. So that is what's uh, coming up. I will say that um, they've been doing events at the home sites and some of these parks where they had Uh, cast of the television show be part of the events for quite a while now. Um, I mentioned, at least I think I mentioned it after I was had that trouble with the mic and had to restart. I'm not sure if it was in the second part, but in the first part anyway, I mentioned that um, Melissa Sue Anderson, who played Mary was at the Pomona public library. So that was in this mid 70s so it's been going on for a long time but there is a sort of a group of the stars that have now started making appearances kind of together at different events and I'm not sure it's that I I am not sure if there's really more of them or if the sites are just getting better 
or these events are getting better at advertising that the Little House people are going to be there. But uh, there's been several uh, announced for this year already where there's going to be more than my three. I always say that if it's going to be a TV show, non-home site event, that I want at least three of the cast members to be there to put on my list of events around the country. And this is like, you know, five, six of the cast members showing up at different events. And um, I think that is probably, like I said, it could be just that they, uh, I've, caught on that they're doing it more but I think it might be because that anniversary is coming up and uh, if you wanted to meet the stars of Little House in the Prairie the TV show I would really keep an eye out for these 50th events I would be surprised if um, you know people love 50th anniversaries it's a nice big round number and I would be surprised if there weren't a lot more events announced as uh, we get closer to. And I think some of these um, smaller kind of not really focused on Laura so much as on the TV show uh, as part of a larger event I think we're going to be seeing a lot more of those, especially in the next couple of years. So if you've ever wanted to meet the people from the TV show, this is really the time to start following along and figuring out when you can do that. Um, there's uh, Allison Ongram. Uh, she played Nellie Olson, and her husband puts out a Nellie newsletter, and they put a lot of those after events on their uh, newsletter when they send it out. It is also on, um, there is a Facebook group that just went out that is supposed to be all about Laura events or Little House on the Prairie TV show events. So uh, find that group and watch out for things coming closest to you. I will say that I think it probably, if you want to meet the, the members of the cast, I think this, especially multiple members, I really do think these 50 events coming up, either the lead-in events or the actual celebrating the 50th event, are um, probably going to be your best chance to do that. And I can tell you that there was another television show that I really would, I'm truly sorry I did not go to one of these events. They uh, did... Uh, the, the show was canceled, and then they events the next year had events around the country. And I really should have, I, they, they kept announcing them, and I just kept thinking there would be one closer to me, and there wasn't. I really should have tried to get to one farther away. 
So don't let that be your story. If you want to meet the cast, go and meet them. They're really nice people for the most part. And I personally like to one-in-one meet, but if you want to see a bunch of people and you're only going to go once, one of these bigger reunions is the way to go. All right. Well, I can't say that I've been overwhelmed with callers. I don't know that moving to Saturday afternoon was the best idea, but uh, we'll live and learn for the next one. We still got seven minutes, which means that if you want to call in, you can do that at 714-242-5253. That's 714-242-5253. And let's see. What other Laura story would you like to hear? Well, let's see. What what was the craziest thing you did because it was a little house thing? which could be something like a place visited, a craft tried, a book read. And let's see. I get excited about a lot of Laura's things that other people probably would not care about one little bit. Um So, let's see. Oh, one thing. Uh, Back uh, in 2022, uh, they, as I mentioned, the Laura Ingalls Wilder Museum in Walnut Grove is restoring the master's store. And as part of their restoration, they're pulling out previously built um, pieces of the building and they've pulled the nails out of those and they're nails from when the building was built in the first place and we know Pa worked on this building Pa was not the only one to work on this building but he was working in the building And they had it set up. I I think they probably still have it set up. That if you donate money, one of the things that you can get is a nail that was pulled out of the master store if you make enough of a donation. So I actually paid more than I would have donated otherwise in order to get a nail that may or may not be paused. And bypass one that he handled and nailed in. That it was at least close to Pa when they were building this building, but it may or may not be one he actually handled. And I thought that was awesome. But uh, I don't think a lot of people would uh, put that on something they would do. Let's see. Another time. I was down at Watkins Mill in, uh, is it 
It's by Kansas City, but is it in Missouri or is it in Kansas? I'm not sure. But it, it's it's by Kansas City anyway. And uh, it's a state park, and they have a woolen mill there that is all perfectly um, preserved because they really, northern Missouri is not a great place to process wool. The weather does not line up with what they want to happen. Uh, so it hadn't run very long, but the family had always been very, um, really valued keeping it. So when all the war drives trying to raise the metal was going on, they uh, didn't let them take the machinery and donated them other pieces of metal instead. And as they were doing the tour, the guy was showing how they knotted the things of, of yarn. And I just suddenly went, what? And they were making a hay twist. It was out of the wool yarn, but it was the exact shape and how they described making a hay twist. And I just got all excited and was jumping up and down and was like, do that again because that's a hay twist. And I'm sure they thought uh, that they – I'm sure they really wondered what this crazy lady was talking about. But I still need to get down there and get pictures again. But Watkins Mill is a great place to visit. And – that said, we are pretty much through our hour. I hope that you've enjoyed the episode. I hope somebody can hear it anyway. And you can find me all around the web under Trundlepan Tales. Listen to my podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Leave comments because it helps people find the show. Enjoy the full Trundlepan Tales experience. Attend one of my programs. Schedule one yourself, watch my videos on YouTube, read my blog posts, look at my photos on Instagram, and be sure to check out my other podcast episodes. Thank you for joining me today, and I hope you will brighten the corner where you are.